0: friends of Holy Shenanigans podcast. This is Tara Lamont Eastman, and I am on a always sacred, never stuffy adventure. This season of Lent, I'm focusing on gratitude and where gratitude shows up in our lives in surprising or helpful or sometimes wake you up ways. Today, I am very excited to have with us Don Troutman from Big Picture, Big Purpose. Thank you so much, Don, for being here with us as a fellow holy Navigator. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I am going to jump right into this conversation about gratitude because I am excited to hear how gratitude is important to you or how it has impacted you somehow, whether that's in your vocation or personally or spiritually. But the easiest way for me to ask that question of you is to say, why does gratitude
1: matter to you? Thank you for that question. Gratitude matters to me because it actually shifts the way you're seeing the world. I have both a theological background and a psychological background, and there is something called the Bader-Meinhof effect in psychology where you're nodding. I I think you've heard of it where you notice the thing you're thinking about. And one example I often give is I drink too much Diet Coke. So I walk into Times Square, there's a million billboards, but I can find a Diet Coke because I'm looking for that. So when we are in a practice of gratitude, we are training our brain to look for more good things. And that in turn then manifests out either in your attitude or actual things happening or the way in which you interact with other people. Wonderful. So how maybe has gratitude impacted you personally? I can get caught up in looking for what's wrong. We all do, especially, you know, times of change, times of upheaval. We get in this, let's solve everything mode. And so having a habit of gratitude means at this time, I'm going to pause and recalibrate. And so actually after doing that sometimes, then I can see a better solution. Like the the bad thing also gets solved. Mm -hmm. The other thing that happens, um, I start every coaching session with wins, meaning I am asking my clients to always come to the session with something that went well where they were the active agent. So there's the gratitude of like, this just happened in the world. And then there's the gratitude of I did this. And I could maybe do it again and we can build on that. So I also get to kind of dwell in all of their positive energy as they're moving forward. Even if the thing is, I woke up and I showed up, like sometimes that's where you're at. That's your win. And we're grateful. Yes. Yes. And
0: just for our listeners today, (laughs) we have the help of a little tiny, tiny human with us in our conversation today. (laughs) So if you hear a little bit
1: of cooing, I will just ask you all to be grateful for that cooing. <laughs> yes, we have a four-month-old with us. So that's my biggest gratitude right now is Uh-oh. she is here and with us and healthy. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm glad she's here
0: with us. So another question around gratitude is how do you see gratitude as a tool in times of grief?
1: It can be hard. You know, it almost feels like the opposite, like we're leaning into the hard things and we don't want to be Pollyanna and ignore the hard things but we can be grateful for whatever we lost. We can have gratitude that that thing was a part of our lives. So if we've lost a person, how can we be grateful for the life of that person? If we've lost a position or a job or a calling, how can we be grateful for what we experienced and how that moved us forward? You know, there's all kinds of things we grieve, but Infusing it with gratitude helps us see it in a larger context, and it actually can move us through the grief to have more of a balanced experience of the situation. Thank you. That's very helpful. I just love Fred Rogers
0: and all of the work that he did. And one of the things that he would often do when he had a public speaking engagement he would pause in the middle of his thank you speech and he would say everybody here i want us to stop right now and to remember a person that helped you get to where we are today and he would literally stop like when he was giving his you know speech to receive this amazing award he stopped for ten seconds, and you know you're on the clock, right? Right, right. That orchestra is going to start playing, <laughs> right? Um, and the response was amazing. People would begin to weep. They would have strong emotions of joy or gratitude. And I'm wondering, um, with that, is some inspiration for our conversation today? Do you have a practice of gratitude? that you like to lean into, or you share with your clients?
1: I often recommend setting an alarm on your phone. You can rename the alarm and it could say, what are you grateful for? And so every day at noon, this thing's going to go off Mm -hmm. and remind you to think and pause about being grateful. So that's one way. I'm big on if it works for people, alarms and notifications, to help set a habit at the beginning when they're positive habits. That's awesome. One of
0: my practices for gratitude is taking photographs and mm-hmm. things that I find are beautiful. And it can range from you know something that I've made for a meal to something I find in nature and to, um, to really reflect on those. And sometimes I just use them for my own personal um, practice. But then sometimes I will use them on Instagram and then share, you know, why I'm grateful for this thing um, and then encourage other people with that prompt. Um, And that has been uh, a practice for me, like for 10 years now.
1: Uh, Mm, Wonderful. There's also gratitude apps where it will pop up and then you're supposed to take a picture. And then at the end of a year, you have this whole album of what you're grateful for, but I love the way you're doing it. You don't need an app. I'm just, if you want the reminder. (laughs) Yes, Yes. 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 I think that's
0: great. So another way that we can be reminded of gratitude is when it's shown up in another person like Fred Rogers talked about. And I wonder if you have a story of someone that you're grateful for that you would be comfortable sharing
1: first one that comes to mind is Laura from my church. She and I during the pandemic bonded a little more because we had, um, I'm in New York city and we had online worship like everybody did, but we had places to gather in public parks and watch the online worship together outside. Nice. And i <laughs> so creative. And so I got to know her by going to the same park, on Sundays and, you know, we're watching with a few other people, our online worship of our church and, um, toward, as it was getting cold and I was like, I don't know if I can come here, but you know, I need to be around people on a regular basis like this. And she suggested working at the food pantry at our church. And I said, I've never considered that. I am not a food person. I should not be near anyone else's food. But she saw something in me and said, it's not about the food. You know, we need people outside greeting and passing out the food and getting to know the people. And I'm very grateful that she presented that option and welcomed me in when I didn't have the obvious skill set. And it has been so meaningful. I've gotten to know so many people in the community by going there on a regular basis. And um, yeah, just when somebody sees something and suggests something that really solves a very real issue, mm-hmm. that was what happened in this case. Right, and that helped to connect you to
0: a whole different kind of community interaction in a time where you yes. really
1: did it. Yes, and I really needed it and people needed food. Like they, like everybody's winning, <laughs> yes, Some yeah. of the people making the food don't necessarily want to pass out the food and that's fine too. And so we can work together and be part of this holy machinery sort of. <laughs> yes. It's, it's another version
0: of the beloved community, Don.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that in action, that is, that's a wonderful thing. Thank you so much for that story. The letter that's coming up for this coming Sunday is from Ephesians five, and it's this letter to the Ephesians, um, about, you know, once you were in darkness and now you're in the light to live as children of the light for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, um, that is ends with this exclamation statement. It says, therefore, sleeper awake, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. And I love all of these metaphors between darkness and light and fruitfulness and wake up, right? All of those things I think could be prompts in themselves for gratitude. Yes. But I wonder if you have any thoughts about fruitful
1: living or being fully awake. Well, this four-month-old that we mentioned earlier is named Lucy, which is the Latin lucem, which is first light. I chose that on purpose because my name is Dawn. It's also first light in another language. Um, And she wakes up and makes sure that everybody's (laughs) awake in all the best ways. She's so clear on her needs and makes sure that somebody meets them and we can all learn something from that. And um When that is happening, you know, I have a lot more middle of the night time to be thinking now that I do think through how grateful I am to be in the situation. Like, it's a little harder to sell it to myself at 5 (laughs) a.m., but the entire I'm grateful, this is all she needs. I can feed her. I can meet her needs. There's nothing additional that is presenting itself you know, I'm very grateful for her. And then all of the auxiliary things that may come as a result of her being in our lives.
0: Wonderful. And this wake up call also reminds me of the work that you do with your clients. Could you tell me more about the work that you're doing and
1: why you love doing the work? Yes, I Love coaching people. I do it both as individuals and in groups. And it's a process that I have called Discern by Doing. So I am helping people who tend to want to sit and think before they act. And I help them devise very safe little experiments that will start to move them forward. And we discern, we see the Holy Spirit in action in the interactions with other people. So We start with like, what is the most immediate thing we need to solve? Let's create space in your life. Then we go deeper. What can you delegate? What needs to move? What major systemic changes need to happen? I love to ideate with people. Think of 20 things and then which thing are we trying? And that's why I start every session with wins because either it worked or you ruled something out. (laughs) Which right. is great. Which is you know? really
0: practical. And yes. Yeah.
1: And there's so many things we sit and think, I don't know if that'll work. And I'm like, what's a safe way to try it? Like, what's a little piece of it? And we'll know whether it works and do it bigger or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of move through that system. And I love seeing people, they come to me with sometimes a uh, I would say a mid-level goal, which is honorable. And once we're going and they start to feel this momentum, the Holy Spirit sends something neither of us saw coming. I am coaching someone right after this who was headed toward an academic position and doing, we had, you know, plan A, plan B, we're trying all the things, the way academia works. And then all of a sudden, a school that was not on our radar reached out to her. And it sounds like a perfect fit. Of course, she'll go through the interview process, but things come out of left field all the time. The Holy Spirit is surprising us all the time. And so it starts with that action in the world and really reflecting and listening to the feedback we're getting through how the world is reacting to these little experiments. So it's just a, we're scientists in our lives. (laughs) who are then pausing to listen for the spirit and then taking more action. And it's so, so fun. So I either do it individually with people and they move at their own pace, or I do have discern by doing as a six month course where everybody moves through together.
0: Awesome. Well, and I I know that we were um, discussing earlier, you know, maybe it was a year and a half or two years ago, we had a conversation on some questions that I had. Yes. I remember you're like, try blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I tried all of those things. And then as you have just said, the other thing that I ended up um, shifting to did come out of left field.
1: It's amazing. And, you know, of course I can't know if it would have come anyway, but you had a sense of agency and you were, Building up certain skills, and you were noticing, just like I mentioned, that Bader Meinhoff effect that you are looking for the opportunity and you'll notice and you'll go for it. So, mm-hmm. the thing may have come and you didn't notice if you weren't already in motion. And that's what I love about seeing people grow. And I love your shifts. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. It's definitely been a lot of holy
0: shenanigans <laughs> of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just excited to see where she's going next. <laughs> so fun. So fun. <laughs> so I am curious, Don, how can folks who've been listening to our conversation about gratitude and about the work you do? How can they find you and get support for the changes or the
1: challenges that they're facing? As you had mentioned, my business is called Big Picture, Big Purpose, so bigpicturebigpurpose.com there is a free download where you can see the first five steps of this discern by doing process totally for free. So if you want to start, it's almost like a journaling practice. It's a download to just see the first few steps up until sure. you want to be discussing them. I am also big picture, big purpose on Facebook and on TikTok. And then on Instagram, it is my name, which is Don Troutman, T R A U T. M A N, and I'd love to see you. I post videos nearly every day, and I'd love to have you there and comment. And I do respond. And yes, it's you a conversation. Do. Um
0: I follow along with Don's um, TikTok as well as her Instagram, and uh, she is the woman on the street in New York City with Lucy hanging around with her usually in the carrier, it's beautiful. So, and it's, and I think it's wonderful that the way that you're reaching out to folks through those social media platforms, because I think that those spaces also are um, opportunities for people to be encouraged. I know people can say lots of things about social media on the negative end, and there is that, um, but like any tool can be used for a positive or a negative, but I love that you're using all of the gifts that you have to live authentically and to share hope with people in the world. I think that's wonderful.
1: Yes, it's so fun to connect with both the people I know and the clients who are sharing the videos and these new people. It's their first interaction sometimes with the positive, hopeful kind of gratitude that that brand of Christianity that just doesn't get press. Right. They are seeing maybe for the first time, maybe for the tenth time, and it finally sinks in. I don't know, but I'm just gonna be part of the positive chorus as part of that. (laughs) Do you sing soprano? Do you sing alto? (laughs) (laughs) I'm second soprano, so I could go up or down as needed. Whatever you need. Bring it on.
0: I'll be there in the soprano section with you, Don. (laughs) Great, love it. You have a background in theater and acting as well as in psychology and ministry. Could you say just a little bit more about how you got from there to here?
1: Yes, I grew up dancing. So the theater grew out of that. And when I got done with college, I got a master's at Luther Seminary and was working in very large churches around Minnesota. And I found that I liked working with the adults who worked with the youth in sort of a training and development way. Of course, I loved the youth, but there were 600 kids in confirmation. You just simply cannot know them all. You really are working with the adult leaders.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: then knowing whichever youth happened to go on your summer trip, you know? And um, so I got that second master's in organizational psychology and I chose New York University for it, so I could dip my toe back into the performing arts and the theater world, and it has worked out. I am a member of the Professional Actors Union, and I have I work pretty consistently. Not while I was pregnant, but um, I mostly do the same show, so I don't do audition. Um, So it is called Church Basement Ladies. It just loops right back. It's about Minnesota Lutherans and. When they're doing press for the show, they are always like, We have a real Minnesota Lutheran, you know. Before
0: we wrap up our wonderful conversation today, I was wondering if you had the attention of the whole world, (laughs) seven billion, bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) What word of blessing or perhaps a wake up call
1: to gratitude might you share? I would say, joy is different than happiness Mm. and joy has gratitude. Joy has the hard work that leads to happiness, but your end goal is not the happiness. It's the joy. Mm. Thank you.
0: Well, we'll take that joy with us. And thank you so much to your little one. (laughs) She made it. Yes, she did. (laughs) And thank you, Don, for um, this beautiful conversation around gratitude. I know that having a gratitude conversation in Lent might be something new for folks, (laughs) but I think leaning into gratitude, especially in this season of Lent, is an important thing. Absolutely. Stay balanced. So thank you again for being with us. Thank you to all of our listeners at Holy Shenanigans Podcast Neighborhood. We are so grateful for your support and for you listening and joining us in this ongoing conversation about how the Holy Spirit shows up in our lives in ways that surprise us and take us off guard. Blessings to you, Don. Blessings to you. Thank you for having us. We will see you very soon on the streets of New York City.